Good morning, everyone watching live on BAM YouTube. Let me know in the comments which market you are tuning in live from. The hot sheet covers what you need to know about the real estate industry in a 24-hour time period. And on today's hot sheet, I will discuss a decrease in mortgage applications just came out this morning. Uh, 2022's mortgage delinquency rates and quarter four earnings for Compass and EXP. Today is Wednesday, March 1st, 2023. I am Byron Lazine, and the hot sheet starts now. I'm back in Connecticut. Love to know where you are tuning in live from today. I see uh, Kaufman County, Texas, Colorado, Las Vegas in the house, Oklahoma City, Denton, Texas. Uh, so I'm I'm in Connecticut here to finish out the week. And hopefully we're going to have a more uh, flowing hot sheet today than we did yesterday. I felt like I had my worst hot sheet performance here as we are in the middle of week seven of going live every single day, Monday through Friday at 9.30 a.m. Eastern on the hot sheet. Hit the thumbs up if you've been enjoying this and consider sharing it with somebody who wants a 24-hour look back on the housing market. Just released today, mortgage applications have decreased in the latest Mortgage Banker Association weekly survey. Mortgage applications are down 5.7% from one week ago. This is the lowest application reading of the 21st century. Okay, let me say that again. Lowest mortgage application reading of the 21st century. Last week when we shared these numbers, we were down about 42% year over year on mortgage applications. And as we sit here today, we are down 43.7% year over year. So for buyers, home shoppers that are going out there and using a mortgage in their process, these applications for three straight weeks have now been on the decline. And again, the lowest reading of the 21st century. Typically this time of year, you see mortgage applications increase. It's what we saw in January. It's what we were getting excited about. It's what how this housing market, it head faked us because we're like, okay, we're off to the races. Let me know in the comments if you felt the same way in January. And now we're starting to see some resistance. We're starting to definitely see contraction three weeks in a row for mortgage application rates. You got that one figured out, Bobby? I, I'm <laughs> well, The camera is moving all over the place. Let me know in the comments if, if uh, our Connecticut studio might be the worst studio, including our road studios. I certainly would say that that is the case. Okay, let's go to the chart. You can get our daily downloads every single day down below in one link, all of our sources and our daily downloads. Okay, this is the mortgage application index. Seasonally adjusted, you can see we are now sitting at 138.8. This is the lowest purchase application reading since 1995. In fact, it is lower than when the world stopped in March of 2020. Significantly lower than that time frame. Look at if I drew a straight line across, this is just looking at the last five years. It's the same chart as what I just showed you. We have less... Uh, then, then March and April, we have less mortgage application interest than we do right now. Why are these charts important? Well, they're certainly not designed to scare the heck out of anybody, but they would be useful if I was talking to somebody who was thinking about selling their home. Okay, listen, we're at a 
uh, a moment in time right now where we're ne near peak pricing. But this number, your demand in the buyer market continues to go down. The longer you wait, the less buyers and more inventory you're going to have to choose from. Think about this. Last year, we had higher applications with fewer homes on the market. It's why we saw quarter one prices pop significantly. And we also had lower interest rates. So right now we have higher interest rates. We have more homes on the market, albeit I get it second, you know, lowest reading for inventory. Um, you know, this year would be number two to last year, but we still have more homes on the market than last year. We have a much higher interest rate and we have much lower loan applications, okay, mortgage applications. So as we fast forward to the end of spring, considering that data, do we believe prices are going to be higher or lower by the end of the spring? I'll let you answer in the comments. The answer to that to me seems quite obvious. And so there are people that are thinking about right now, well, I'm going to put my house on the market in the end of uh, the spring season. I want things to green up. You're leaving money on the table. If you do that, the best time to be a seller is quarter one and quarter one is almost over. Think about it. If you were an agent and you're talking to a homeowner right now, who's getting ready to go onto the market, we're sitting here at March 1st. We've got 30 days left in quarter one. You've got to get photos done. You've got to get maybe some light staging. You've got to get on the market. You, you've got to get everything tidied up and ready to go decluttered all of that, right? You could kill two weeks in that process. The best time to sell your home is quarter one in 2023. Two months are erased off the calendar and we have the last 30 days. This is last call, okay? The hangover is coming whether we really want to acknowledge it or not. The hangover is coming, okay? So you're at the bar. It's last call. You might as well have that last drink. This is last call for sellers to get near peak price because those, those peak prices that we saw, which we talked about on yesterday's hot sheet, there's the, the home price appreciation is rapidly declining. Okay. These last few months, but we're as close to it as we're going to be at any point in 2023. So if I'm a seller, I want to go ahead and grab that. Some more information on the, uh, from mortgage bankers association just this morning. Okay. The 30 year fixed rate, obviously is at the highest rate since November, 2022. We'll take a look at that where we ended the day yesterday as we finished the show, uh, which drove a 6% drop in applications here this past week because it continues to, to rise. Okay, also from uh, Mortgage Banker Association, Vice President also says that um, both purchase and refinance applications declined last week with purchase index at a 28-year low for a second consecutive week. Okay, so we hit a low last week. We hit a new low this week. Purchase applications were 44% lower than a year ago. Home buyers again retreat to the sidelines as higher rates crimp affordability. We know that every time we get to seven, we saw it last year on the mortgage interest rate, buyers will go into hiding. Okay, we can't take what happened in January as the indicator for the entire spring market. If we go to 7%, if we get back to seven and a quarter, like we hit last year, you're going to see buyers go away. Listen, the facts are, are obvious. We've got 44% less demand than we had last year. 
in your market in a particular price range, you may see demand. But this is why locally we've got to dissect it right now, price range to price range. If you're not doing that, you're really skewing the numbers for your local market. What does 200 to 300 look like? What does 300 to 400 look like? How is that different from 750 to 850? Dissect every single price range in your market. They're going to be different. Anything below median is going to feel like it still has strong demand because many of those buyers weren't able to buy in the last couple of years. So got to dissect each and every single market. Uh, the refinance share of mortgage activity decreased 31.8%. Makes sense with where we're at. The average contract interest rate for a 30-year fixed mortgages with conforming loan balances, you know, 726.2 or less, increased 6.71% from 6.62% with points increasing 0.77 uh, from 0.75. Okay, there you go. I'll link that down below uh, so you can grab that directly from Mortgage Banker Association. It's hot off the press. It just happened today. Okay, uh, let's take a look at mortgage delinquency. This is another important measurement for health for the mortgage market. Okay, mortgage delinquency. Where are we at on delinquencies? Because a lot of people, when they hear some of this information that's coming out right now in housing, and, and oh boy, house, housing prices are going down and uh, demand is going down, okay, both which happen to be true. A lot of people who live through 2004, 5, 6, 7, 8 are going to say, well, here come the wave of foreclosures. What does the data tell us? I'm going to read from Core Logic. This just came out. Uh, Core Logic reports that mortgage delinquency year over year have a four percent, four percentage point rather decrease. This this will this will be available for you in the daily download below, so you can grab this. Okay, so December 2021 nationally, we had a 3.4 percent mortgage delinquency rate. December 2022, we're at 3%. Mortgage delinquency is improving right now. Mortgage delinquency rates continue to post some of the strongest performance in three years as we closed out 2022. As a healthy job market helped borrowers remain current on their payments, high amounts of home equity cushioned these borrowers who were far behind, keeping them from moving into foreclosure. While there was a small uptick in early stage delinquencies and foreclosure inventory over 2022, other delinquency measures fell to new lows throughout the year. It's a principal economist for CoreLogic. Where are some of the markets where delinquency might be higher than the national average? Mississippi at 5.7, Louisiana 5.6, West Virginia 4.5, New York 4.2, Oklahoma 4.2. Annual change in overall delinquency rates in those markets are all down um, and Louisiana down uh, the most at 1.1. Okay. 30 more days or more delinquent nationally in December, 2022, 3% were delinquent by 30 days or more. Okay. So that's that number that we gave you there at the top. That's that 0.4 uh, percentage drop. Okay. So despite this though, 17% uh, of us metros did see increases. So that's what we're going to be looking at here. Those 17 uh, percent of U.S. metro areas that posted increases from December 2021. How does that start in 2023? Okay, how how does that roll over as we go into this year? And will we see more U.S. metros join that? We're coming from the bottom. Okay, we're coming from the bottom. So so we expect an increase 
right now. Okay. Um, we, we would be foolish not to expect some type of an increase. Okay. Especially if the job market gets disrupted, that'll be the biggest, you know, mover on delinquencies. If the job market gets disrupted this, this year in a big way, if the fed has their way and they get to, you know, lay a bunch of people off to make their job of fighting inflation easier. That's where we're going to see, uh, you know, some of these numbers pop up, but we're coming from historic low numbers. So people that say, Hey, well, I'm waiting for all these foreclosures. You'll be waiting a long time. Even if that happens, there's a lot of time for foreclosures to start coming onto the market. We wouldn't, we wouldn't really see anything significant. Even if we had catastrophic job loss this year until 2024. So if investors are telling you they're waiting for uh, these foreclosures to rush the market here in 2023, not going to happen showing shown this data. Um, Tahar says, what are your thoughts on the trend in agencies offering content without knowing what they are doing? Trend in agencies offering content with, uh, give me an example. Uh, not, not exactly sure where you're going with that. Okay. December's 1.2% serious delinquency rate. So that's later on in the process has barely moved since last spring, which suggests that while some borrowers may have missed several payments. Okay. So you can miss a few payments and they're going to give you some leeway. Basically uh, most are likely to recover relatively quickly. That, that is an indicator of the strong job market. But again, you get, you get a, uh, a real, um, you know, issue with the strong job market, then you're going to see, uh, you know, some of these numbers increase. Okay. Also down below in the daily download, I put uh, this chart. We've got 380 metropolitan areas where serious delinquency rate decreased, serious delinquency year over year change. You can see that basically uh, you've got you've got really nowhere in the country that should be worried about serious delinquency rate. Okay, so uh, some investor tells you, "Hey, I'm I'm going to be capitalizing on these opportunities." Show them this chart, show them the data, let them know they will be uh, waiting deep until 2024. Okay. I'll have that whole entire CoreLogic study linked down below if you just want to grab that and read through. But that is your update as of right now, as we sit here March 1st, mortgage delinquency down 0.4% year over year. We've got 17% of metros that are up. We'll watch those closely as the year goes on. Uh, to see how much they go up, but we're bouncing off of historic lows. Okay. Yesterday we had a couple of uh, earnings reports in real estate. We have Compass and we have EXP. Let's get into Compass first. Compass from October through December of last year posted 1.11 billion in revenue. That's down from 1.6 billion, same quarter in 2021. Uh, that's a 31% uh, drop in quarter four. They had a net loss in quarter four of 158 million, but that's in comparison to a net loss of 175 million in quarter four of 2021. We'll take a look uh, directly from their uh, their investor relations website here. They had their conference call yesterday. I'm going to go through some of the highlights of their conference call. They've got some videos in there. You don't see a lot of these companies do YouTube videos uh, on their uh on their earners website here and their investor website. Okay. So company metrics, 28,000 plus agents year end 22. Uh, that, they said their quarter four was up 10% for agent count from quarter four, 2021. 
230 billion gross annual value, uh, transaction value. So that's just transactions. Uh, obviously, that's not nothing to do with revenue. 211 transactions, uh, 6 billion in revenue. Okay. Uh, I'll link this below so you can grab it. Uh, reading from the earnings call 2022 was a difficult year for residential real estate market encompassed the unexpected and rapid 18% decline in industry wide transactions resulted in one of the worst years for the real estate market. Okay. Uh, I don't know. Well, Revkin Encompass, they weren't they weren't there for, for 2007, 2008, 2009. It, it was a it was a rough second half of the year in 2022, but uh, the first half of the year in 2022 was pretty exceptional for, for a lot of folks. Uh, but he calls it one of the worst years in the real estate market and declined at the same rate of the 2007, 2008 housing crisis. I will, I will agree with him there. It happened fast. Okay. Once the, the housing reset and uh, housing recession happened, it moved quickly. Okay. Despite industry challenges, uh, Compass increased market share year over year with transactions being down only 6%. Okay. So quarter four, their transactions were down 6% in comparison to the market, which was 18% uh, year over year. Okay. So, that, so that's year over year number, not quarter four. I apologize. 6% down as opposed to uh, the rest of the industry being down 18%. More of our principal agent retention was 98%. Okay, so uh, d we've seen a lot of headlines where Compass, big names have left Compass, but overall retention is at 98%. So overall for the company, very strong ret retention. We attribute significant amount of our agent's productivity to our differentiated technology platform. Let me know in the comments if you feel the same way, or if you're echoing the CEO, Robert Rufkin's uh, if you're if you are a CEO, uh, Rev, uh, I'm sorry, a Compass real estate agent, and you're echoing your CEO Robert Refkin's comments here uh, with the technology def differentiator, I'd love to know from you in the comments. Okay, we attribute a significant amount of our agents' productivity to that technology platform. As stated previously, we expect to be free cash flow. This is the big one. They keep talking about this. That's why they made so many cuts in 2022. Free cash flow positive for the full year in 2023, starting with being free cash flow positive in the second quarter of 2023. According to the CFO, we uh, continue to implement our implement our expense reduction actions as planned. Okay, so uh, there you go on Compass. I'll I'll put down the entire earnings call down below in that daily download if you're interested in that. Let's move on to uh, what happened with EXP. Don, I'll I'll take Don's comments before we go to EXP there. You want to put those back up? Buyers out and about being able to negotiate still in the entry market because of inventory uh, bills in our area. East of Dallas, existing homes uh, feel pressure. Makes sense. And I, I don't know if Tahar came back there. I'll take a couple comments, Bobby, after the you know, comments or questions. Fill up the fill up the comments. Bobby will be looking. I'll, I'll do a, a few of those uh, as I finish up here. EXP's uh, earnings call. Okay, so let's go to EXP directly off of their earnings site. EXP World Holdings Report. Uh, for quarter four and full year 2022 results, uh, revenue 4.6 billion, up 22% year over year. Uh, segment reported um, for quarter four. Company declares cash dividend for Q1 2023 of 0.045 cents uh, per share common stock. Okay, way to go. And uh, let's get into some of these better numbers here. Here we go. Um, so you've got the revenue of 933 million in quarter four. Gross profit increased 24% to 366.9 million in, in all of 2022 with gross profit of 83.1 million in fourth quarter. Net income of 15.4 million in 22 with a net loss of 7.2 million in the fourth quarter of, of 22. Um, worth noting, that's the first quarter that they 
were not profitable. Okay, so th that net loss number is how you define profitability. EXP not profitable in quarter four of 2022, first quarter of the year that that happened. Um, you know, they talk about it and they talk about it in here how they have no debt uh, and a hundred, a million, I believe, in assets on, on the books. So um, to have a, a uh, quarter there where they weren't profitable, unlike them uh, from, from what they've reported recently. Uh, earnings per share diluted. Okay. Uh, not good for people that hold stock. And then you got the EBITDA numbers. As of December 31st, 2022, cash and cash equivalent sold 121 million uh, compared to 108 million in uh, the end of the year, 2021. So up for, for cash, about 100 million there on the books, a little bit more. They distributed 204 million to shareholders in uh, 2022, including approximately 180 million of common stock repurchases. 25.2 million uh, of cash dividends. I didn't do it, but I think it is worth probably going to where they where their stocks opened up today. Uh, we have it on the ticker down below, right? Yeah. So Compass down 10% on the ticker below. And then uh, I don't see where Compass is. What's Compass at right now? Uh, Compass is down. Well, Compass is down 10%. What, what's the XPI at? The XPI stock after, because the earnings call both happened yesterday after. Uh, so, so EXP is coming in a little bit flat right now. As I just look it up, they're they're up less than a percent. Okay, EXPI's market cap sits at one point eight six billion. So, Compass down ten percent. So, investors did not did not react positively to their earnings call. They're down twelve point six percent today. So, investors bailing on Compass uh, stock today as the market opens. Their market cap's one point four billion. Uh, and again, uh, one one point eight billion for market cap for EXP on the year for one year. EXP is down fifty four percent on their stock, and Compass on the year down fifty seven percent. So both both of them down on the year. Let's see if the ten year right now is up or down. That'll tell us where the thirty year goes later today. We saw that at this time on the hot sheet yesterday. The 10 year was up, and then we saw the 30 year fix yesterday go up. Okay, so right now on the 10 year, we are, uh, let's see, we are up again 3.947, so almost at 3.95, up 0.023 on the 10 year treasury. And I would expect us to see, just like yesterday, this 30 year fixed go up once again. Yesterday, we popped back up to 6.85 after uh, coming in Monday at 6.78. It was the first movement down we had. Uh, and so we've been sticking here in those 6.75 to high 6.8 range for a while. We could see 6.9 today with the 10-year up. Don't want to see it. Just telling you that it's what I think we probably could see. Okay, We could even be facing a 7% handle on the mortgage interest rate. Bobby, if we got a time for a couple comments or questions, I will gladly take those. Uh, Tar Nowadays, everybody in uh, Tars DMs is offering short form content without any portfolio or testimonials. Listen, I talk about this all the time. The contagion in real estate is what I call it, where people just get maybe got 14 transactions as an agent under their belt, or maybe you think you're talking from an investment standpoint, maybe they've never done an investment, but yet all of a sudden they're an investor coach online. Okay. Uh, this is, this is not the year to be messing around with faking it till you make it. This is the year to be really digging deep into the data, adding a whole bunch of value 
And um, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Ian. Hey, shout out to Ian and Austin. Does great content. How to do local content. Ian's doing a great job. 6.9, man. I, I think that's going to happen. Uh, but yeah, the, the contagion is real. People need to be digging deep into the data, showing their sources like we do every every single day on the hot sheet. You can get the daily download link below to get all the sources and all the charts that that we went through uh, today. All right. Also today, premiering at 11 a.m. here on the channel. Make sure you subscribe to BAM YouTube. We have our Vegas vlog. You don't want to miss it. I hear it's hilarious. I heard they tried, the editors tried to make me look uh, like a fool again. But if you're a fan of the hot sheet, you know that that just can't be true. Uh, these these editors of BAM want to try to, uh, you know, try to do everything they can to tear me down. But the, the vlog, the, mostly Dan O'Neill, the vlog is up at 11 a.m. And then today at 3 p.m., we are doing a live uh, session on what to do to prepare for tax season here. We've got a live panel of agents. Okay. So the mistakes agents have made, what to do to fix those mistakes, prepare for tax filing in April. And we're also going to take Q and a, so that's going to be live at three. The link to sign up for that is down below big day here on BAM. Make sure you're subscribed. Please consider sharing the hot sheet with somebody who can benefit from a 24 hour look back on housing. I will see you back here tomorrow live at 9 30 AM Eastern until then to the low.